As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Giants are world champions. Welcome to the Giants Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco Giants Insider, Alex Pavlovich. Hey everybody, today's podcast is one I taped on Tuesday night when I was in Sacramento. I was technically up there on Panda Watch, but I think going forward, the more interesting thing for a lot of Giants fans is is some of the prospects up there, and the most powerful of them is Chris Shaw, the former first baseman, now playing left field for the Rivercats. People there talk about how far he hits the ball, not just during games, but in BP, and and also during drills. this, This is a guy who Um, does drills with a ball on a tee and and hits homers out to center field and and kind of leaves teammates in awe. So he has shown that power at two levels this year, had six homers in Richmond before his promotion early in the year, hit his 10th homer for the Rivercats on Wednesday night. So 16 for the year, another big season for him. I don't think he's currently in line for promotion, at least the last time I checked about a week ago, the Giants were not planning to have him up in September, but he has about a month here to try to hit his way up, and, and obviously some things can change at the big league level too, and, and Chris has done quite a bit this year to put himself in position, whether it's this September or early next year, to, to be a big part of what they do going down the line, and especially in left field where they've had kind of a hole there for a while, and he looks like somebody who is capable of filling it. So the interview here is with Chris. Uh, one word of warning here, we're in kind of a weird corner of the clubhouse, so there's a bit of an echo and, and some odd noises at times as, as guys come in and out. So apologies for kind of the poor audio on this one, but cleaned it up the best I could, and I, I think Chris was a pretty good interview and, and somebody you're going to be seeing a lot of down the line, if, if not in a month or so, um, for years to come. Chris Shaw, you are maybe the most talked about Giants prospect right now. First of all, do, do you hear that? Do you hear the chatter from, from fans? Do you see it on Twitter? I get it all the time, so I'm sure you probably get a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, it'd be kind of impossible not to kind of, you know, hear some of that stuff. Um, but, you know, honestly, it's not really anything that, you know, you try and focus on or you try and let your focus, you know, gravitate towards. Um, it's, it's obviously it's very nice. It's a, it's a good uh, reflection of, you know, hard work I've put in. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it really doesn't, mean much as far as you know, my career and my future. Take me through your season. What, what worked for you in AA this year, and, and what, did, what did you think you, you found down there? That, that I mean, the numbers here have been good, too, but, mm-hmm. but the numbers down there, I think, led to a pretty quick promotion. Yeah. Um, you know, last offseason, my goal going into this year, um, before anything, before thinking about you know, even the slight possibility of playing the big this year, was to go to AA and you know, basically beat that level. Um, kind of looking back on that and you know, reflecting on what you know what I did well in AA last year and what I didn't do so well. Um, biggest thing for me was just play discipline um, and 
you know, kind of thinking about power in a second. So I just tried to grind out at bats, you know, stay locked in on a plan and, uh, you know, not sell out for power as much. So I think that's kind of like what allowed me to you know, get some success early on there. I know one thing Bobby talked to us about was he said we see the plate discipline, the walk, mm -hmm. the strikeout numbers are yeah. are pretty good for a guy that we projected as a yeah. power hitter. And I'm looking at your numbers here. I think the strikeouts are up a little bit, yeah. but still, still pretty good though for a guy who's supposed to be a power hitter. I think so maybe right. maybe you want better. Yeah, but. I'm I'm really not honestly. I'm really not happy with uh, you know, strikeout numbers right now. And you know, it's, it's it honestly it's just you know a reflection of um, playing in ballparks. I think where I start to think about home runs a little too much. And, yeah, you tell yourself before every game, it's like, don't think about it. But it's a little hard to do sometimes, especially you know, in the PCL ball. Goes a little different. It was, it was easier in Richmond, you know, just it's like you really got to get one yeah. or the other. So it's easier to lock in on that. But, you know, I know I have it in me to, you know, cut those numbers. So I'm not, it's not worried about it. I'm more frustrated that, you know, that's kind of where it's at right now. But, you know, I know I can do better than that. What kind of balances? I'm sure you see what's happening at the big league level mm -hmm. with home runs, and a lot of guys are just selling out basically. Right. And you're clearly a little bothered by by the strikeout. Yeah. So what, what's the balance there of trying to be a power hitter, somebody who they they project you as yeah. as a middle of the order power hitter, but also not striking out as much? I think the biggest thing is honestly just kind of trusting in the fact that if I'm having good at bats and you know, putting good swings on balls and getting barrel to the baseball, um, it doesn't necessarily need to be a swing where I'm selling out to you know, hit a home run to right field. If I can get a pitch away that I just get a barrel on, you know, you gotta have faith in yourself that you, know, you can drive the ball out that way as well. So, um, you know, just kind of the idea of looking to get a barrel on everything and, and not necessarily, um, you know, looking to you know, hit some of your pull sacks. I think that's where um, you know a lot of strikeouts will occur is when you know you go early in the count, you're looking for something inside, and you get you know, two fastballs on the outside part of the plate where. You probably could have driven those and now you got two strikes on you and it's kind of you take yourself out of you know both the ability to hit a home run and you're in a hole now so you know just kind of having faith and just having an all-fields approach. That's one thing I've seen there's limited video of you but mm -hmm. but you know we ran a, a feature of you last week and, and a lot of the clips you're driving it to left field yeah. is that a focus for you? I wouldn't say it's a focus as much as it's just something that I'm comfortable doing um, I rarely look to pull, just because when I do, I get in trouble. Um, I'm not good at hitting inside fastball if I'm looking for it. It's just something weird about me. I'm better reacting to it if I'm looking for something out over the plate. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they always say play to your strengths. Don't, you know, necessarily play to your weaknesses to compensate for what a pitcher is doing to you. So you know, I'm always looking to get something over, you know, outside part of the plate, middle of the plate that I can drive, you know, to that left center. Yeah. You were, I think. We met at the ballpark. Mm -hmm. That was three years ago, maybe. Yeah, I think so. You, I, I know everybody comes to that ballpark and they says, I, they say, I'm not worried about the gaps. I'm not worried about all that. But then you go to the Eastern League and, and you see a difference. Yeah. The difference that ballparks can make. What, what's your view now on on as you get closer, as you're one step away on, on playing at AT and T Park? Yeah, I mean, I think you know it's obviously something that's in the back of your mind. Is you're not necessarily going to be rewarded as much for you know putting balls in the gap like that. Because like you said, you go from the California League where you know, if I'm squaring something up to center field you know, in the air, hitting it hard, and usually getting rewarded, yeah. you go play in a place like Richmond, and you know, it's just it's not there. So it's probably similar to AT&T, I would imagine. So, you know, it's definitely in the back of your head, but you can't let it affect the way you're going to play. I mean, my game is you know, trying to hit power and, you know, staying in 
the gaps. If I try to manipulate that approach and try and you know, start pulling the ball right down the line or whatever, it's not going to work. So, you know, it's in the back of your head, but you can't let it affect you. From a defensive standpoint, a big switch for you this year. How did that come about? I think they've made it clear to us that as an organization that you understand belts there at first, and, right. and they, they had that conversation with you. Yeah. Was that a spring thing? Was that in the offseason? Did you have a chance to work out at all? Or? It was interesting, honestly. Last year in San Jose, uh, I want to say it was May, I had a conversation with uh, Shane Turner about taking balls in the outfield during batting practice. So I kind of thought it might be something that we build on from that point on, but didn't hear about it for the rest of the year. Went all offseason just you know, going in and just got to get better at first base. Um, and then halfway through spring training, they just said, go play left field. That's kind of yeah, switch gloves. Yeah, and you're, pretty much. Yeah. Well, what was the transition? I mean, you played a lot of outfield in college. Yeah. I mean, it's been a pretty easy transition, I feel like. I mean, I say easy in that I feel comfortable out there. You know, I don't necessarily know if you know, I'm being evaluated as you know, looks easy for them out there. I mean, it's just... It is what it is. That's I haven't heard complaints, so yeah, that's, okay, a, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's a good start. <laughs> that's a good thing. But um, no, I mean, it's felt smooth out there. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in over my head or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's good, and it, it's also good that they, you know, have me play first base for the first year. I feel really good over there now too. So, um, you know, it's kind of like another feather in the cap. Belt talks all the time about he feels more comfortable actually. Not that he's played there a lot, but in right field because his his whole life that's been. Yeah. the angle that has been at. How, what's the difference there? I think you played a lot of right at yeah, Boston no, College, too. that's actually something that um, when I first started playing left this year that I noticed was you know, going to the line and stuff like that, um, reading that slice from a lefty and a hook from a righty, it's a lot different, especially going to your backhand um, and playing on that, you know, the right side of the field pretty much my whole life. It was definitely an adjustment. Um, but I don't really think about that quite as much anymore. You have played all left field since you came down mm -hmm. here. I think is, is you look into, have you, have you started to like think of yourself as a left fielder or do you still think of yourself as a guy who you're going to be carrying two gloves down the line or, or might go well, back to first? Every or? road trip I still pack two gloves okay. because I, you know, I never know. Um, but yeah, I guess you could say I kind of, you know, identify myself as a left fielder now just, I mean, I have to. <laughs> yeah. I've first base in like three months, so. Um, but no, I, I definitely, it wouldn't be, you know, shock me to go back and play first base either. And I feel comfortable doing it. You sent one of my favorite tweets ever last year at the trade deadline. It was about uh, ten minutes after, uh, <laughs> after I think it was the Matt Duffy trade. And take me through that. Did you? Well, did you think you had gotten traded? Did you? Yeah, I mean, I was sitting in my hotel room with CJ Hinojosa and Stephen Duggar, and uh, we were we just played a day game, and we're back in the hotel room watching the trade deadline. And it went through, and we're like, okay, awesome, we're all set. And we see, like, like one of the lines floating across the bottom is, like, last-minute trade, Giants, acquire Matt Moore, um, details to come. And then I was in, going to the bathroom, and uh, I came out, and, like, Steve and CJ are looking at me like I had three heads. I'm like, what? And, like, I was looking at it through Twitter at the same time. I was like, you got to be kidding me. So, I mean, you see Buster only tweets. Chris Shaw to the Rays. Somebody big had your name in. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something like that. And it's you know, immediately like, well, he's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but Bobby called me like five minutes after. I was like, hey, you're still a giant. Don't take the jersey off. Um, so we'll, we'll tense yeah. for sure. It's uh, your first full season. You think you get billed. That's kind of, you know, kind of interesting.
I, I was at the airport and trying to go through all that and I yeah. remember somebody tweeted out your name and I yeah. had just gotten the names that were in the train yeah. so I knew you weren't in, but I was sitting there kind of a little yeah. did I get the names wrong did this guy right. get the no, names wrong so you actually helped me because I saw your tweet come across yeah. alright I feel better now yeah. that I, I got the right names you, a year later you're I think people view you much differently in terms of you know, it, now I think the fans would go nuts if, yeah. if you were included. But do you personally, I mean, trade, trade deadline coming up, do you feel more relaxed than you did when you were in double A, or are people still on edge? Uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily, I wasn't on edge last year um, until that happened. I mean, and I wouldn't say I'm on edge this year. It's because, I mean, that's not something you can try and predict. I mean, um, you can have a feeling that means nothing. You're not in any of those rooms, you don't know what is being said, so it's not really anything I think about. When you see, they said this with Christian earlier this year, mm -hmm. force your way up, and I think yeah. Bobby has kind of said a little bit the same thing. If I mean, we, yeah. we leave the door open for guys if, if they can yeah. force their way up. Is that hard not to think about or and not just go about your daily business and not think about if I hit 420, I'll, I'll be in yeah. San Francisco? Or No, I mean, it's my motivation, obviously, to get to the big leagues. You know, that's, that's why you, know, you work so hard in the offseason and whatnot. It's, Put yourself in that position to you know be knocking on the door, um, but you know now in season you kind of put all your work in up to this point, and everything else is just you know as a result of your hard work uh, up to this point. So I don't necessarily put any extra pressure on myself because you know right now I just go out and play, and whatever happens happens. Um, I can't dictate what falls, what doesn't fall, you know what the batting average is going to look like in a month from now, and ultimately what the front office wants to do. Uh, you know, I'm fully aware they don't have to have me this year. Um, and, you know, I, I trust in the front office and you know promoting me when they feel you know I'm ready developmentally. So I don't really feel any extra pressure or anything like that. What would you have about five weeks left here, six weeks maybe? Yeah. What would you like to show, whether it's for a call up or whether it's for yeah. for off season consideration? What would you like to show the front office that? The way you finish out a season, I mean, one thing guys have talked about, and you've had a full minor league season, yeah. but they always talk about guys finishing strong and, and getting through the grind. I mean, it's 92 yeah. degrees no, outside, no, yeah. so what's your focus the rest of the season here? Finish strong and healthy, honestly. Um, and I'm pretty happy with the year I've had so far. That's not to say that I, I don't think it could be better. Um, but, you know, I kind of set my goals before the season. I don't really try and adjust them on the fly, because I think that's just, you, know, you get a lot of headaches doing that. Um, but you know, I came into the year, I wanted to do well in AA and get to AAA, and I've gotten here now, and, you know, in my mind, whatever happens from here on is just kind of the cherry on top, so um, just trying to stay in the moment and keep working hard. I'm going to guess, since you're a Boston kid, and I've talked to Beattie about this, that you've already had a pretty good year, but just right. being connected to the Patriots, what, what was your offseason like, and, and were you, I know some guys went to that, I think Tyler went to that game yeah, with he, Law, yeah, he was down there, yeah. how did you watch that? Uh, I was at my girlfriend's house, house in, uh, in South Boston with a bunch of my buddies, and uh, it, it was crazy. You know, it was one of those things where all my friends were, you know, freaking out. They thought the game was already over, and I was. Everyone's going to say that they had. They were the only one that still kind of believed the Pats were going to do it, but you know, I, I fully thought they were going to come back and win that game. So when it happened, it was just it was madness. Were you? Did you guys go out and celebrate afterwards, yeah. or did you, no, yeah. a lot of Boston people? What's yeah. that like being? You're as far away from home as it gets. Yeah. I mean, we there are guys who grew up here in California. Right. Other guys who are from Texas. Like, but what's what's that like being that far away from your family? And, and I know you you played in the Cape there yeah. and everything. So, um, you know, I really don't 
think about it much because we're so locked in at the field doing what we do every day that you know, it's not necessarily something that you know, crosses your mind. Obviously, you, know, you, you get homesick from time to time, but um, I'm doing what I love here and you know, I'm playing the game that I've played my whole life and you know, I've always dreamed of doing, so I have no complaints. Well, Chris, I, whatever goal you set for yourself at the beginning of the year, I think you, you've hit mm -hmm. probably a lot of them. Yeah. And um, whether you think about what people are, are tweeting about and thinking about, it, it, it's a big deal now. I think people are, are waiting for that arrival. So thanks for, for taking the time. And, yeah. and uh, we had you at the ballpark once. And I'm sure it won't be much longer. Hopefully soon. That'd be cool. All right. Thanks, Chris. All right. Thanks, Alex. The Giants Insider Podcast on CSNBayArea.com. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.